podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Voice of the Vic podcast with me, Ben Aiton, and I'm joined by no other than James Batchelor. James Batchelor from Watford Way, he is back for an appearance on the Voice of the Vic. James, how are you doing, mate? It's been a long time since you've been on. Yeah, generally, I'm, I'm doing quite well, really. Obviously, apart from the abysmal performance that was Watford yesterday, I, I am doing quite well. Obviously, we just had Christmas. So hopefully, everyone had a very nice Christmas. Um, and it's New Year's Eve today, so hopefully everyone has a good old party tonight. But yeah, I mean, apart from apart from the game yesterday, I'm good. But yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll delve a bit further into that. How are you doing, Ben? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Um, I bought my body weight in alcohol yesterday, thinking that would be enough to watch this Watford game. I can tell you that it wasn't enough alcohol to watch up off the game and I needed so much more. I probably needed spirits instead of um, my usual cider. Uh, that was a tough watch, wasn't it, James? Let's just dive straight into it because yeah. I don't think anyone really wants to be talking about this for too long. But I don't think we'll probably be talking about the game too much in this episode. I think we're going to be just talking about Watford as a whole because it's just it's awful being a fan at the moment. I hate going to watch Watford. I can't be on to turn up on a match day anymore. And I've got some of my friends saying to me, I don't want to go watch Watford this week. And I said, well, we're in, in the new year, we've got two games coming up. We've got Rotherham at home. We've got Blackpool at home, like back-to-back weeks. Potentially, we could get wins out of that. They're like, we won't win those. It's a, Watford ain't turned up for ages. It's a chore going to Watford games now. Do you get any enjoyment watching this Watford team, James? You know what? At, at the start of the season, I really felt a lot of positivity. You know, we'd hired Rob Edwards, a young, um, promising manager from Forest Green Rovers. We made some signings in the summer, which at the time I thought seemed quite sensible. Yes, in terms of the actual profile of player, I'd never really uh, heard of most of the players we'd signed. But I thought overall, <laughs> largely, um, we had an OK summer. And with Rob Edwards joining the club, I thought, you know, it's something to look forward to, something to build on as a club going forward over the next few years. And then, you know, as, as we know with Gino Pozzo, um, very rash in his decision making, he decides to sack Rob Edwards. And it's really just got worse and worse. And I'm not putting any blame on Slavan Bilicic. So firstly, before we get into anything else in this podcast, none of this um, is on is on Slavan Village. But to answer your question, do I find, you know, enjoyment in watching Watford at the moment? Absolutely not. I mean, it's really, it's really, it's really terrible. To it actually reminds me of last season, the Premier League, where you turn up to games not expecting to win. If you get anything from the game, it's a positive. Um, and I'm really now just going to watch games to socialise, um, you know, talk to some mates. And that's really all I go for now. It's really... Um, it's just not not enjoyable at all. It's really it's, it's it's such a shame how much of a farce our, our club has become. Really, it's, it's it's not good. Not good. I'm the same as you. The only reason why I go on a match day now is purely the social side. I don't go to get enjoyment out of the game because I'm not not going to get it at the moment. Not with this group of players that we currently got. And it's been a tough old year for Watford as well in 2022. In this calendar year, Watford have played 50 matches. Watford have won 12 out of 50 matches in all competitions. Only Scunthorpe have a worse record. So Watford, out of 92 clubs in the four leagues, Watford are 91st for the worst record. It's ridiculous. 
Yeah, he's ridiculous. I did see that stat on Twitter actually earlier that, that you just said, and it's really uh, embarrassing, actually. I mean, the squad we've been left with, you have to think Watford um, were in the Premier League for five years consecutively. So we're picking up all that Premier League money for five consecutive years. And this is the squad, um, you know, we, we've ended up with. We've, we've got Mario Gaspar playing in midfield. We've got Jeremy Ngakia. Um, you know, we've got William Schuster Kong at centre-back. It's just not it's not what I expected. It's really not what I expected. And actually, um, you know, as, as I said, it's embarrassing. I think if you're not Pozzo out, Gino out, Duxbury out, whatever you want to say, you are completely deluded. Um, yeah, it's not good. And, you know, we've got, what we've got now, 10, 11, 12 players out injured. It's it's disgraceful, really. And, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on the injuries again later. I think a lot of the blame has to go on the medical team. Um, a lot of the injuries have been contact injuries as well. But yeah, you know what, Ben, you need to you need to get some control in this podcast because otherwise I'm just going to go on a complete rant um, about Watford. But yeah, it's just it's it's not good. And you know, to to lose four 0 to Swansea after just losing two 0 to Millwall is even worse. I don't think. I mean, can it get worse than this? I'm I'm sure it probably can, but it's not looking good for the season going forward at all. Not at all, and I'll try and take a bit of control of the podcast and keep us in the right areas. We will be coming back to everything you've just mentioned, though, James. Um, so we'll start with normally what we'd normally do. It's the team news from last night. Obviously, the team news came out. We, we made three changes. Ken Semmer was not in the starting lineup or on the bench due to a tight hamstring. I've never seen that before ever that a player has been withdrawn due to a, a tight hamstring. Maybe it's precaution because of the Norwich game coming up. But Kamara just got sent off and is out for four games. Ken Semmers is the the only real re- replacement that you'd think that would come in on the left-hand side. But no, no Ken Semmer. You'd think maybe James Morris would come in being a natural left-footed player. Yeah. He's played in the academy. Um, he, he's captain the under-21s as well. Nope, he, he came onto the bench. Um, Kamara was obviously suspended, who was missing, and Jal Pedro was missing from the game as well. Jal Pedro would be out for up to eight weeks after he suffered a damaged uh, ligament in his ankle after a challenge from George Savile of Millwall last week. Um, so, Trucy Con came back into the side, Mario Gaspar came in, and Yasser Espria came in. Watford fans weren't hopeful coming into this game full stop, James. But after seeing the lineup, it just it just said exactly how everyone was feeling, wasn't it? Everyone just thought, yeah, we're not getting anything out of this game. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, for me it screamed it screamed lost straight away. And I just I just felt sorry for, you know, all the Watford fans that travelled to Wales. Because firstly, it's not cheap and it's a very, very long way to go. So to see a team like that be be put out, um, you know, in the championship isn't good at all. And don't get me wrong, there's still some talented players on that pitch. You've got Keenan Davis, Ismaila Saar, um, Yassir Rasprilla, you know, Mario Gaspar's a very experienced player, as is Leandro Bacuna, Craig Cathcart. So it's not like we just played a team of academy um, players who had never played a Watford game in their lives. There was still some experienced players on that pitch. And for me, the issue yesterday was... Um, the players that we did put out in that starting eleven, they didn't even try. And I think the minimum we all expect as Watford fans is just, you know, give 100%. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. But at least you gave 100%. And we didn't get that in the game yesterday. And that's what, you know, really frustrates me the most from, from that Watford team. 
that's it. The bare minimums that we want is just everyone to give 110% for the cause, and we didn't get that at all. And it, it's an insult to Watford fans, and especially for the poor souls that travelled all the way down to South Wales to support the team. People would have spent hard-earned money. We're in like a uh, cost-of-living crisis at the moment. Petrol isn't cheap. People might have had to put days off to go down to Swansea as well for it being an evening kickoff. It's an absolute joke that the players on that pitch didn't even bother. They, they weren't running around. There was no pressing. There was no commitment. There was no one making challenges. We was giving Swansea so much time on the ball. Like We know what Swansea are like. But they're a ball pace, uh, a ball possession team and they're, they're going to pass it around. But put a bit of pressure on them. Just just show that you're trying. We saw, we saw zero effort from Watford players and it, it comes back to people saying you're not fit to wear the shirt. I would argue that 11 players last night for Watford were not fit to wear the shirt and I know we've got Mike Duffy in here um, he's put a comment on saying Keenan Davis is the only one to come out with any credibility maybe but even him I don't even think he's fit enough to wear the shirt at the moment and then he can't do it on his own honestly the whole 11 players last night were piss poor in my opinion Am I being just harsh, James? Oh, no, I don't think you're being harsh at all. In fact, I think you're being slightly too nice. I mean, if I, um, you know, I'm trying to <laughs> refrain my my language at the moment. It was really um, diabolical. I would say personally, probably um, in the top, maybe top three worst performances I've seen since I started supporting Watford. Um, it was just, it was a lack of effort for me, the lack of desire, um, you know, to, to play for the club, play for the badge and play for the fans, really. I know Christian Cabasile came out this morning to to kind of put out an apology and, and just kind of talk about how poor, poor of a performance it was. But apart from Cabasile and Slavan Bilic after the game, have any other players really come out and apologised to the fans? I don't, I don't think they have. And it's just, it's really sad, actually, how far our club has has declined over the past few years. And I, I am concerned now, because again, Ben, I'm sure we'll touch on this um, before before we end the podcast later, but the championship table is so, so tight at the moment. I know Watford are just about in the play of places currently, but with a few more poor results and the teams below us winning, we could very quickly, you know, slip down to their mid-table positions. And I think we're actually closer to the relegation zone, you know, than we are to the top of the league, Burnley and Sheffield United, which again is so, so worrying so for me I'm just I am in panic stations at the moment we've got to go out and get some experienced championship players in January yes we've got Ismaila Kone and Matthias Martins joining but they're young players um you know Kone plays in the middle of the park Martins is an attacking player um but the amount of pressure that's going to be on them to perform is is unfair actually so we do need to go out and you know, we need to buy some experienced players. Is the money there? I don't know, but yeah, I'm I'm very very worried. I'm sure they would probably go to that bank of Macquarie or whatever and try and get another loan to um, make it look a bit more rosy at Watford Football Club when it actually really isn't, and they're probably hiding something from us all. Uh, but yeah, James, you're right. We are actually closer to a relegation. Play, uh, places on points we're 12 points away from relegation and we're actually 13 points away from second place um Sheffield United as we speak um so it just shows how crazy this championship season is and it's frustrating to see we, we before the Millwall game Watford had four consecutive clean sheets in a row okay performances wasn't great but the, defensively and we looked like a unit looked quite strong 
In two games, we've shipped six goals. And if I'm honest, we could have shipped a lot more. Um, Millwall looked decent at the weekend. Swansea, if they had their shooting boots on, they could have easily scored more. Um, it just shows that this team needs investment in the right areas. Like we were saying just before we came on air, we were talking about Bakuna quickly. I have no idea what he brings to a football field. He, okay, That was his third performance for Watford last night. I don't get what he does on a football pitch. He runs around, that's it. I don't see him breaking play up. I don't see him passing the ball accurately. I don't see him making chances. I, I think he's useless. And why we're spending money on him, yes, he was a free agent, but the money we're sp- spending on him on wages-wise, surely there's someone in the academy that would give 110% and would be proud to wear the shirt that can fill that gap. Just until you get to January, because I'm sure you're going to look for new players to come into that centre midfield with a bit more experience. But for the time being, you can't bring in someone from the academy. That would mean so much for an 18, 19-year-old to come through, represent their town and play for what for football club in the championship. That would mean absolutely well to them. But Kuna won't care. It's just a pay packet for him. He's not going to be here at the end of the season. I don't get why we don't have people coming through the academy. It's a kick in the teeth for everyone in the academy thinking, okay, so we're going to play through all the youth stages. We'll we'll start from 10 years of age, work our way up to the under-18s and then maybe 21s, and we'll get released because Watford, they don't put faith into their youth players. I I don't get it, James. Uh, You're on the same wavelength as me. It's it's a kick in the teeth for the youngsters. No, yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, we were, we were discussing that exact point before before the podcast began, and Leandro Bakuna has really just been brought in to to kind of fill a place in the starting eleven. Really, I don't think he offers any quality at all. Um, I'm sure we all saw what the Cardiff fans thought of him when when he was releasing them in the summer. Um, there's a lot of comments about his attitude and him really not wanting to to play for the Cardiff City shirt. And I think in the first three games of his Watford career, we've we've seen that already. I don't think his attitude is in the right place. Um, and as Ben said, you know, if we played, you know, a 19, 20, 20 run, one year old in the academy, yes, again, the quality might not be there, but at least they would try, you know, at least they would give 110%, whatever happens. And brought in Leandro Bacuna, um, who's probably on a very high salary, as Ben said, you know, when you bring in free agents, um, you know, who haven't played for a while, yes, the actual fee you bring them in for is zero, but they do demand quite a high salary. And, we could have given the opportunity to a young player. All we needed was someone to fill in in that position for two, three, four games until we get to the January transfer window. And what have we got? We've got Leandro Bacuna, who quite frankly, again, um, you know, he's not fit to, to wear the Watford shirt and quite frankly doesn't, you know, from from the outside looking in, doesn't really care about the club whatsoever. So um, it's, it's diabolical, really. And as Ben said, we've had issues with our academy for, for many years now with players not making it through. I know Adrian Blake was on the bench yesterday, but he, again, didn't get any game time, um, which, which must have been disappointing for him. So, um, again, I think in the close season, it's something that that we should look at and in developing our young academy players and trying to trying to get them into the first team. It's, and the Pozos have been at Watford Football Club for 10 years now. And, and over the 10 years... Yes, they've brought success to the football club, but I would have thought over 10 years, success would also be bringing through a good quality amount of youth, youngsters coming through the academy and featuring in his first team. 
we've not had one player come through the academy really that's been a mainstay in this Watford team. And that's a failure if I'm looking at that from a Pozzo's. Why spend money elsewhere if you can invest into your academy, bring through good, talented youngsters, and they can represent the town and your football club? Whereas instead, they're, they're just on about the short fix, aren't they, the Pozzo's? They're looking for these rare gems in South America, which don't get me wrong, we've, we've enjoyed in the past. We've had good South American youngsters come over and they've hit the ground for running. But all they care about is coming through and getting a quick sale and making profit. This is all Gino Pozzo what cares about. He just wants to make a, a, a quick buck. Uh, he wants to make money fast and, and just keep the just keep it rolling. But Watford, we, we don't need that. What we need now is ready-made players to come into this team and help us out. Like James, you you've probably got a few names to your head who you might look elsewhere. Like in my head, I'm thinking, let's go to other championship sides and try and pick their best player or something, or a decent player in that side that will come in because there's loads of players that would walk into this Watford side because no one in that 11 yesterday were good enough. Like, I'll, I'll, for example, Billich just said he wants wingers. I would go to Sunderland and try and get Patrick Roberts or to try and get Clark. Both of them have been incredible from the last few months. And we need people like that to come into this side. I'd rather one of them in the side over Ismail Asar who, yes, on his day, he could be incredible. He's got so much talent. But he looks like he doesn't want to be here. Like, why play a guy who doesn't want to be here? If someone comes into it for him in, in January, sell him. Get him gone. I don't, I don't care if you make, you're make. you not going to make as much money as what we signed him for. You, you paid over the odds for him for the first place. But get him gone. He, he is clearly not interested in playing for what the football club. I, I just... Is there anyone in the championship that maybe you'd want to like take and bring into this side? Is that w- what kind of policy you might look for? I know the Pozos won't do it, but is that something that you think would work? I think so. I think I think we are lacking that that leadership. I know I know. I saw I, I saw a few people actually on Twitter yesterday talking about Craig Cathcart being you know the only leader in this Watford team at the moment. And yes, I I do agree with that to an extent. But I think Craig Cathcart is a player who kind of leads by example and leads by professionalism rather than actually being a vocal leader on the pitch. Um, and my question to you, my follow-up question to you, Ben, was actually going to be, would you sell with Smile Asar to then get the funds to invest to, into other players in the championship? And and actually looking at Ismail Asar since he's come back from the World Cup and even before the World Cup, I think he showed signs of um, his body language not being quite right. I, I would probably look to do that because I don't know about you, Ben, but is this Milo Sars value ever going to get higher than it is now? He had a good World Cup. He's scored, you know, some goals and, and got assists for Watford in the Championship this season. Everyone knows he's a Premier League quality player. Um, you know, would you look to sell him for, you know, potentially, you know, 20, 15 million pounds in January and then reinvest them funds? 100%, yeah. Uh, and he's got a year and a half left on his contract as well. So the value of him is just going to keep coming down. And I saw reports on Twitter today, I don't know if it's true or not, but Villa are supposedly on the verge of putting a bid in for him. I know they're also interested in Delefeu or Fiondanese. Um, So it'd be interesting to see if they do actually put an offer in for him. But yeah, take the money, reinvest it into his squad because his squad needs it. We need investment. And if Saul's probably our, one of our highest assets, isn't he? Bar Gel Pedro, we won't be selling Gel Pedro in January due to his injury, which maybe we is a bit of a blessing that we keep him for a bit longer in the season instead of getting rid of him in January. 
Um, but yeah, reinvest is Malasai. He clearly doesn't want to be here. You can spend that money on people, but we would hope we'd want to play for the shirt. Because at the moment, Ismail Assar doesn't look like he wants to play for a shirt. He's not putting a shift in. And I don't want to seem like I'm just banging on it about Ismail Assar. It's about every single person in that football shirt last night for Watford Football Club. They were all awful. They weren't putting a shift in. We're just so lightweight in every department. Yes, you can say about injuries and that. But the squad depth's got to be better. And it's not. Um Slavin Bilic didn't hold back in his press conference last night either, James. He said, the majority of my players gave their best, but some players didn't um, give their best. I'm not going to name names and it will be done internally. But while the majority gave their best, when you put all the performances together, it's it's not enough. In situations that we're in and in this league, you cannot carry passengers. You can't do it anyway, um, but especially cannot carry passioners when you're lacking quality. And it just shows how much of a shambles what the football club is at the moment. Um, when the manager is saying that we're carrying passengers, um, he, he's not holding back. And I don't, I don't blame him at all. And like we've said before, this this isn't on Slavin Bilic. This is this is on Gino Pozzo and the cards that Slavin Bilic has been dealt with. Uh, and what he's just trying to make the best out of his situation. And we thought Rob Edwards had it tough at the start of the season with his injury list. Slavin Bilic has got it much worse, hasn't he, James? Oh, absolutely. And I, I do feel, you know, really, really sorry for, you know, for Slavin Bilic, Helen Acosta as well, Ben Manga. These guys have been brought in, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, um, to, to hopefully produce some improvement in our performances. And hopefully in this January transfer window, Ben Manga, Slavin Bilic, um, you know, can get together and, you know, look to get these players in who, you know, they're, they're not just going to be squad players. We need players to come into the first team and, and drastically improve us. We've got a lot of ageing players in the squad. You look at Tom Cleverley, Dan Goslin, various other players as well. They're coming towards the end of their contracts at Watford. They're coming towards the end of their careers. We now need to, you know, I would aim for players within their mid-20s to late-20s, players who are kind of approaching the peaks of their careers and who are going to give Watford a lot of years of service going forward. So as Ben said, I think we need to go to, you know, the top championship clubs, you know, clubs like Blackburn have a lot of talent as well. You look at Ben Diaz, Lewis Travis, um, players like this who are, you know, grafters um, and they're going to give their all for the shirt. So as Ben said, I think we need to, you know, invest some of that money because I'm sure the money is there and and is available, especially if we sell his Myla Saar. And we need to bring in some players to, you know, to improve this Watford team. And I find it funny as well that the one area of the Watford team that we don't really have any injury issues in is defence. And even defensively with, our, with you know, our, our best, so-called best defensive players playing, we still look dreadful. So I'd look to potentially look at every area, centre-back, midfield attack, left-back, right-back. You know, we could potentially improve every area of the team, which is... Um, which is a good thing because that means we can obviously only get better. But in terms of our recruitment and the years leading up to this moment, um, it's not a good look on, on Gino Pozzo and his so-called, you know, marvellous scouting, um, you know, scouting policy they have. You know, we've talked about, you know, the, the Pozzo model and how they operate for a number of years. As Ben said, they get a lot of talents from South America, mainly attacking talents, I'll add to that. We very rarely get any any defensive talents from South America. Um, yeah, it's just... 
just for me, a culmination of years of neglect, um, years of lack of investment. I think, you know, the opportunity to invest was was right after um, Watford's loss in the FA Cup final. We could only really push on from there. We've done the exact opposite. Um, and this season, we've been carried largely by João Pedro. And, you know, if we didn't have João Pedro and his Watford team, I'd be, you know, we, we would be sitting mid-table or, or potentially even lower. So João Pedro, for me, has, has papered over the cracks and, yeah, you know, as I said, Ben Manga's got a massive job on his hands to to kind of find the players to to turn this Watford team around, really. Well, we had lots of big discussions leading up to the Stoke City game away this season after the second of Rob Edwards. Lots of fans clearly unhappy. And it's this, victories have papered over cracks this season. Nothing will change in this football club. Victories may come, but it just papers over all the cracks that are rotting this football club. Um, and we've seen a lot of rot um the investment has been poor Gino Pozzo has no balls and won't come out to speak to the fans just before we jumped on um to do this I listened quickly to the do not scratch your rise podcast with um Pete did an interview with Andrew French and um, they got him on his spaces last night but the sound quality wasn't great so um Pete spoke to him on his way home from Swansea this morning and he asked him if he was any closer to getting an interview with Gino Pozzo. Um, and Andrew French said that at the start of the season, it looked like hopeful or a bit of hope that he was going to get that interview with Gino Pozzo. But since then, he's been told that it, it's not looking likely now. And Gino Pozzo feels like he, he doesn't need to come out and speak to the fans. He feels like he doesn't need to do an interview with Andrew French because he's an owner of the football club and he feels like he shouldn't need to do that. I'm sorry, Gino Pozzos, but that's exactly what you need to do. The fans are in turmoil. We need to hear from our owner. We have no idea what you want to do with our football club. We have no idea what your long-term project is. At the moment, we'll end up being a League One club because of the way you run in this football club. The side is rotten. The defence has never been invested heavily. Like last night, Craig Cathcart made his 250th Watford appearance. Great achievement for him. But he shouldn't be starting week in, week out for Watford Football Club now. We should have invested in that area ages ago. But people to the side of him, True Econ and Cavaselli, we're not going to go into them in massive details. But again, it's not being invested. Why do you feel to be so arrogant and you won't come out and do an interview just to tell Watford fans your plans of the football club? Like, come on, get off your high horse and talk to us. Don't be a novel all your life. Um, James, <laughs> what is what do you think the issue is with Gino Pozzo? Is it down to him just being so arrogant and not wanting to speak to fans? Does is that what it is? I don't know what it is because I think you'll agree, Ben. We've seen a lot of Watford um members of the we've seen a lot of what members of the Watford hierarchy speak to the Italian press. I think Cristiano Gioretta is quite vocal within the Italian press and is very happy to go and speak to them um about issues with Watford and Udinese and, and Gino Pozzo actually I think did an interview earlier this season with with the Italian press. Um I can't really put my finger on, on what the issue is. Why wouldn't you want to you know speak to your fans and appease your fans? Why wouldn't you want to try and communicate with them and, and make that relationship better because at the moment the relationship between Watford and Gino Pozzo is is the worst it's ever been and I think for a long time Scott Duxbury has acted as 
um, you know, the mouthpiece, mouthpiece for Gino Pozzo. Um, you know, Scott Duxbury used to write a column in the Watford programme every week, which has actually since stopped this season. Um, Scott Duxbury doesn't write anything in the Watford programme anymore, which I think is is quite interesting in itself. And whether there's an issue going on there between him and Gino, we'll have to wait and see that. I think someone said on, you know, again, going back to that do not scratch your eyes uh, Twitter spaces after the game, you know, Scott Duxbury collects a very high wage for Watford. He's told what to do by Gino Pozzo. Gino Pozzo um, is very much the orchestrator of Watford Football Club. He very much makes the decisions regarding the managers. We've all seen that over the past however many years. Um, And in answer to your question, Ben, I, I don't really have an answer for you because I don't know why as an owner of the football club, you wouldn't want to come out and actually address the fans and at least say, you know, what your long, long-term plan is going forward. If the long-term plan is to actually stay in the championship for a couple of years, clear out the Watford squad and rebuild for, for promotion push in a couple of years' time, I think a lot of people would say, you know what, I'm actually glad you've come out and spoke to us. I'm actually happy with that plan going forward. Whereas instead, we've got no communication Um Whatever plan they've got in place isn't clear to Watford fans because that plan's very much going wrong at the moment. Um, and actually, I think the worst thing that could happen for Watford this season is promotion to the Premier League because, again, I think it covers over the cracks of what is um, a football club run by a very, very idiotic man. Um, and, we, you know, again, like, like, like previous seasons, if we, got, if we got promoted to the Premier League, I think we'd come straight back down because this squad clearly isn't strong enough for, for, for the Premier League. So in answer to your question, you know, I don't think Gino could particularly say anything to appease the fans, but I think some communication would be very much uh, appreciated. <laughs> uh, I agree with you 100%. Like, he's just digging himself a hole at the moment and he's um, he's struggling to stay afloat. Um, if he was out swimming, he would be struggling. Um all we need is communication. Like you say, if he came out and said, look, it's not going to be a quick fix. Um, I fucked up in the past. I want to get this right. It's going to take two, three transfer windows to get this right. And then I'll give you a team that you'll be proud of that will wear the shirt and will get you back into the promised land. What the fans will be like, all right, fair enough. You came out, you've owned up. You've, you've made promises now. You said in, in three, two to three transfer windows, we will have a team that will be proud of. Because at the moment, we don't have a team that we're proud of. I feel so disconnected to this football club. And my half of my friends don't even want to go to a game now. And I'm only going to the game for the social side. So what's that say to me? That soon I'm not going to have that social side at all. Because all my other friends are going to be like, fuck this, I'm not going to watch Watford. So I'll be going to Watford games on my Larry, sitting on my own in a rookery stand, going, well, I only came here for a social side. And now look at me, I'm surrounded by empty seats. Because that's what it is at the moment. Empty seats, like... Before, James, I was talking to my missus um, the other week because I, yeah. I left the Millwall game early and she was pleased about it because it was boxing day. I had to go over to the in-laws. Unfortunately, I had to go watch a QPR game because they're all QPR fans. Um, and she was like, you never used to leave games early like this. Like, I-, I love you getting home earlier and that, but you never used to leave games early. I said, no, until last season in, that, in the Premier League when we was getting pumped three, four, five nil every week, I just thought, why should I sit there and put myself through this and give a hundred percent to the fans when they're uh, to the players. We're not; they're not giving it back to me as a fan. I can't be asked to see people down tools, and we've seen that so often. And and now it's it's leading that whenever we go two three nil down, 
and I can see there's no effort on the pitch. I'm like, fuck this, I'm off. And and I'm not the only one doing it. The stand's empty. That Millwall game last week, James, the moment that second goal went in, the, the amount of people going through the, the turnstiles on the way out was ridiculous. And and surely Gino can see what this is doing to the fans. Like, it, it's clear to see for us fans that this is killing our football club. Like, we want to go to Vicarage Road to see a team that we're proud of. You're not proud of this football team, are you? No, absolutely not. And, you know, you mentioned you mentioned the Millwall game. It was it was extremely poor, um, you know, a 2-0 defeat. Obviously, it being on Boxing Day, a lot of people are very busy around the festive period. So that probably didn't help the overall look of the stadium. But I think you're right, Ben. I think the attendances at Watford... Um, yeah, have been declining for a very long time. I know when you're in the Premier League, you're facing you're facing big teams every week, so it's quite exciting in that sense. You know, when you're playing Man United, Arsenal, City, Tottenham, you get to see the best players in the world. So in that sense, it's it's good to see Watford up there with the very best. Um, but yeah, ever since the start of this season, it's been it's been a very very slow decline of of people not really attending Watford matches and. I think the Millwall game on, on, on Boxing Day was just, you know, it was, it was piss poor, wasn't it? Let's be honest. The performance was poor. Um, you know, the 1881, if we're being honest, they are the most vocal group of Watford fans. They're, they're the group who you think could potentially send a message to, to Gino Pozzo, the owner, and they weren't very vocal at all. Um, and yeah, you know, as you said, Ben, when that second goal went in, everyone, including the players, including the fans, we all down tools and thought, you know what? I'm going to go home and have some turkey sandwiches, quite frankly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So um, it was it was very, very poor. Um, I think for me, from a business perspective, um, just looking at Udinese and Watford, surely Gino Pozzo does want Watford to succeed because from a business perspective, in terms of the broadcast revenue from the Premier League compared to the Serie A, the Premier League is by far the most financially favourable league to be in. So I'm sure Gino Pozzo does have the right intentions and does want Watford to be in the Premier League because that's where every club wants to be. You want to be in the best league with the with the most amount of money, with the best players. Um, I just think, as, as we said earlier, at the moment, there's no, at least there, there might be a plan behind the scenes, but no plan is actually being communicated to to the fans directly, which I think is is ultimately the issue here. The fans don't know what the plan is. Um, hopefully the plan is recruiting Ben Manga and Helen Acosta, who seem to you seem to be our saviors at the moment. And hopefully they can um, you know, magic up whether it be loan signs or permanent deals in January. Um yeah, you know, I keep saying in this podcast, it's very concerning, it's very worrying. Um and yeah, you know, I'm sure if these performances continue, the attendances at the Grid Road will continue to go down as well. Yeah, and and remember at the start of the season when there was there was some quotes coming out that um Gino Pozzo and Scott Duxbury thought this was a squad strong enough to win the league and they kept on saying that we want to win the league you're not going to win the league you're deluded um, this squad is not good enough and it, it's just laughable we're looking at where we are now yes we're fifth in the league yes we've been hit by lots of injuries but the squad depth wasn't improved on the players we brought in like the likes of Bio uh, Manai then they're not up to scratch. They're not the standard that we need. Gaspar, why on earth we got him? I have no idea. It, it, ben Manga and Helena Costa, yes, it must have been a difficult watch for what for them last night, like it was for every other Watford fan. But they've got their work cut out in January, James. This isn't a, qu- a quick fix, is it? Like, what positions do we go for? Like, 
is it obviously it's central midfield and wingers, but they've got the work cut out, haven't they? Like this isn't going to fix overnight this problem. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, I'm just looking at the starting eleven from yesterday. You know, starting the goal, you got Daniel Batman, who you know at times has made some big saves this season. Um, could we potentially improve that area? I do think we could. I do think we could. I think goal, the goalkeeping area could potentially be improved. But then again, in the summer, we spent five million pounds on on Maduka Akoya from from the Netherlands, who has, for some reason disappeared from the Watford matchday squads. You look at the centre backs who started yesterday: Craig Cathcart, William Schusterkong, Christian Cabasele. Cabasele and Cathcart are well into their thirties. Schusterkong is in his late twenties and isn't going to get any better. You look at the midfield area, you've got Leandro Bicuna, who's been brought in on a, on a free transfer. Mario Gaspar yesterday, when Tom Delibashiri went off, had to deputise in midfield. And then you look at the front line, you've got Keenan Davis, who's on loan from Aston Villa, who hasn't, for me, performed as well as I think he could have this season. And then you've got Ismail Assar, whose body language just isn't there. He clearly doesn't want to be at the football club. And I think Ismail Assar is the key to this Watford transfer window. It's Selsar and bring in, you know, some quality and, you know, hopefully get get into the playoffs and, and see if we can win the playoffs, which isn't easy at all. Or it's continue with the squad we've got, hope everyone recovers from injury um, and see what happens. But I think that's a very risky approach to take. I think you have to take a proactive approach. Go, you know what, as Ben said earlier, let's cut our losses on Ismail Asar, sell him, bring in the funds we need. Um because, our, you know, if we don't go up this season, I can see it's been in the, in the championship for a long time. And if that's what it takes for, for Watford to rebuild as a club and for that connection to be there again, so be it. Um, but as a Watford fan um, and growing up with Watford being in the Premier League for such a long time, for them five consecutive years, I want us to be in the big league. Um, so if we are going to get to the Premier League, we have to invest um, nearly everywhere, you know, fullback, midfield, centre-back, you know, goalkeeper potentially, which I don't, I don't think will happen. But particularly in central midfield and, and fullback, uh, I think are the key areas for Watford in the Champions transfer window going forward. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, obviously, we've got two players that have came in through the door already. And I think, I think if you think that these two young lads that have came in will, will help Watford, um, I think, you need to give your head a little bit of a wobble. Um, Kone's came out, is coming over to a new country. So is Martins. Martins can't speak the language. He's an 18-year-old youngster who's yeah looks great in YouTube videos, but playing in the championships is completely different. Kone, he'll be better than Bakuna. He'll be an upgrade on Bakuna. But whether he can hit the floor running, and it's a big R straight away. We've got that central midfield is gutted. We've got no one. And for him to come in and have to hit the floor straight away away at Norwich City, it's a big task for him. Um, I said to Mike a couple of weeks ago, I think the ideal game for him would be that Red and FA Cup game um, where you could give both those lads a bit of experience. But they're going to be thrown in straight away because um, we've got no one else. And, and it's a shame because we, we've got these young players and we're feeding them to the line straight away instead of like gently giving them minutes here and there, building up their confidence, giving, getting them used to the, the championship. They're just being thrown in straight away and we're just going to just let them sink. Be like, I, I know development-wise, we want you to improve in that, but we can't think about that right now. We need you right now. And I think it's just going to damage their careers, if anything. Um, 
But James, we've got Norwich on Monday. Yes. Looking forward to it? No, no, not not particularly, Ben. Um, you know, I always look forward to watching Watford play because I think, you know, for a lot of people, you know, watching football, whether it be Watford or, or any other teams, um, you know, it, it offers an escape from, from the real world, doesn't it? But at the moment, I don't think Watford particularly um, is offering me an escape from the real, real world. If anything, it's it's making me even more depressed. I don't, I don't feel very good watching Watford at all. And, you know, it's, it's you know, we're going into a new year. It's 2023. I'd hope... Um, you know, overnight Watford will miraculously get all our injured players back, and you know, when when we face Norwich, everything will be rosy and, and we'll be ready to go. But that's not going to be the case, unfortunately. Um, you know, what am I expecting from Norwich? I think they've had their own issues this season, Ben. Obviously, they've just sat just sat Dean Smith, which I'm sure you'll touch on in just a second. Um, so will there be a new manager bounce for them? But maybe so. We'll have to wait and see. Um you know, we've always had issues playing Norwich. In the past couple of seasons at Vicarage Road, Norwich have, you know, really dominated us. Josh Sargent seems to be that that key player for them. He always seems to score against Watford. Um, what am I expecting? I am expecting a Watford defeat, unfortunately. Um, that That's what I expect now going into every game. Until we get some key players back or, or we make some key signings in the January transfer window, um, you know, I, I can only predict a Watford defeat. And you have to remember, Norwich aren't, aren't a bad side either. They're fantastic players. They were in the Premier League with Watford last season um, and they want to get promoted as well. It's a fellow promotion rival um, and Watford squad has been decimated. So in terms of the Norwich game for me, I'm expecting a Watford defeat. Um, a narrow defeat or a heavy defeat? Uh, I'll go. Oh dear, Ben! What, what what a ridiculous question to ask. I'll go with a. <laughs> I'll go with a narrow defeat. I'll go with a narrow defeat. I'll go. I'll go two one Norwich. I'll, I'll at least go for a Watford goal. But um, but yeah, I, I am expecting a Watford loss in this game. There's just no. I'd always. I I always used to find a little hint of positivity somewhere. Um, however, in this case, I can't find any positivity whatsoever. So yeah, I'll go. I'll go for a Watford defeat on this one. Well, you saying that Watford will score a goal is interesting because who's going to give that goal? Um, Watford have now gone seven games where someone other than Joe Pedro has scored for the Hornets. Um, Keenan Davis is he going to step up and get that goal? Um, he's only got four goals this season. It's it's been a poor return from Keenan Davis really for a leading. Uh, marksman in this championship yeah it has been a poor return and you know I watched him at Nottingham Forest when he was on loan there last season and, and he looks really really good and you know when he joined Watford at, at the start of his Watford career he looked quite promising as well he obviously got that goal against Luton um, at that moment it looked like everything was going really really well but you know again last night the really the only opportunity we had was from Keenan Davis and his header it was a fantastic yeah. opportunity it was nil-nil at the time if Still Keenan Davis has if he had scored that goal, you know, maybe the game could have gone in a different direction for Watford. But unfortunately, the championship is a ruthless league. You know, you have to take your chances. And yeah, you know, in answer to, in answer to your question, I do expect more from him. But I think the service is, is lacking. You know, you've got Ismail Assar is really the only quality attacking player there who can provide for Davis. And Ismail Assar is not doing a lot for Watford at all at the moment. So, um, yes, partly I'd say it's, it's a fitness issue, issue with Davis, but partly I think it's the players he's got around him. I think, you know, if you put Lionel Messi in, in the middle of the park in this Watford side, I don't think, you know, he would have made Watford win last night. Um, it's ultimately a team game and, you know, individuals can win you games, but it's, it's about the team and it's about the collective, the collective group. And, 
And yeah, you know, I do feel sorry for Keenan Davis, but you know, players like him, um, you know, when, when the going gets tough, we look to them to to provide the goals for Watford. So hopefully, going forward, he he can improve. Well, Watford don't have too much time to dwell on for defeat at Swansea City. They're playing Monday, three o'clock, live on Sky Sports, away to Norwich City, and this is time for the players to show some bollocks. Show us that you're good enough to wear this shirt, because Watford fans at the moment. Don't believe you are good enough. Um, you you you've got a lot to prove come Monday. Yes, there's lots of injuries in the squad and it hasn't helped. But come on, you're professional footballers and you have got to be putting in shifts. We're not getting a bare minimum at the moment, and we deserve better. Um, the fans that attended last night's game at Swansea, they deserve a full refund from the football club because that was diabolical. It was pathetic. Why should they travel halfway across the country? to watch you perform like that 4-0 away from home it's it's a disgrace you you wouldn't mind 4-0 if you put in a bit of effort there was no effort at all you crumbled after that second goal went in you down tools and it's the same as last year the culture of this football club is rotten and until this change at the top it's going to carry on being rotten and I can't wait to come back on Monday evening or Tuesday evening to do another podcast talking about the problems of Watford Football Club because nothing's going to change on Monday at Norwich. I'm going to come back and I'm going to be talking about probably a heavy defeat at Norwich because these players aren't good enough and I'm embarrassed to be a Watford fan. I hate going to work and people saying, oh, Watford lost the game. Oh, what's happening at Watford? Oh, haven't you got Joe Pedro? You should be doing better and all that. It sucks being a Watford fan. I have no feeling towards this football club whatsoever at the moment. I feel so disconnected. And I've had enough. Like, come on, man up, show some bollocks, put in a bit of fight and give us a performance that we deserve. Because this is all we want. We just want effort. And at the moment, we're getting nothing. James, you got anything to sum up or a message to the players for Monday night? Message to the players, blimey. Right, are we keeping this PG-13 or are we going Peggy-18? I don't know. Um, well, I've already called Gino Pozzo a knob, so you just <laughs> I don't think it's PG. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I don't really know what to say, right? I mean, what? where do we go? For, I don't really know what to say, Ben. Where do we go from here? I mean, we've got loads of injuries. Um, I know Slavan Bilic did say Ismail Kone and Matthias Martins should be available for the Norwich game. I believe they've both been training with the Watford squad for several days now. So I think for me, in terms of positives to, to bring into this game, that's probably the only positive I can find. I would just say, you know, I can actually accept losing to Norwich. I can accept losing to Norwich if we give 100%, which we, which we haven't done for weeks. We haven't done that for weeks. We've been carried by Joao Pedro. We have been carried by Joao Pedro. You know, we drew nil-nil to Hull. If Joao Pedro potentially wasn't playing there, we would have lost. We beat Huddersfield 2-0. Without Jao Pedro, I don't think we'd have won that game. Um, Jao Pedro goes off injured against Millwall. We lose that game. Jao Pedro doesn't play against Swansea. We lose that game. Um, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? I don't know. All I ask, my message to the players is basically just give your all. Whatever the result, just give your all and we'll go from there. That's my message. Yeah, and we would appreciate it. Okay, defeats are hard to take sometimes, but when there's been a, a bit of effort and you've given your all, you've put in 110% and you know you've left everything on that pitch, you can hold your head up high. And at the moment, 
we're not getting at. And, and we can see in the players' attitude, they don't want to be on that pitch. They don't want to represent this football club. And even like the leaders of the football club, I thought, well, I thought we're leaders of a football club. Even they don't look interested at the moment. Um, I'm not going to pick them all out because I, they've been they've been good for a football club in the past and that. But it, it, it's a sorry sight to see at the moment. Um, but yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Um, <laughs> sorry for everyone who's watched on YouTube or coming back and listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. It has been a depressing listen. Um, me and James have ranted for 47 minutes now. But we've got a lot of things off our chest. Um, do you feel a little bit better after that, James? Yeah, I do feel better, actually. I mean, ironically, I've got a video coming out later on on my YouTube channel called the Watford Awards 2022. And I don't think any players really, <laughs> really deserve an, an award so far this season. So, yeah, that, that's quite funny. That's coming out of my channel later. But... Yeah, I don't, I don't have much to say really. Again, Ben, thanks for having me on. It's, it's much appreciated, and I really enjoyed, um, you know, coming on in, in, in past seasons as well. So whenever you're ready to get me back on, you know, I'd be more than happy to, to come on as a guest. Um, and yeah, you know, I, d- I just hope going forward this season we can get some, get some injured players back, get some new signings through the door, and hopefully, fingers crossed, um, we can have a lot more positivity on this podcast. And within the Watford um, community, because it's not been not been good this season, as Ben said, in terms of performances in the whole of the football league this season, only Scunthorpe are worse than Watford, which isn't a very good look at all. Um, yeah, so it can only get it can only get better from here, can't it? So I, th- I think I think that's the that's the only positive to take, really. Yeah, hundred percent. Have you back on, buddy? It's good to have you back. Um, the channel's missed you, so yeah. Glad you're all good. And you wants TV says, well done, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to av- absolutely every Hornets out there. You take care, Pete. Fantastic stuff with Do Not Scratch Your Eyes. I've said it many times before. You've taken that channel to leaps and bounds and above. Um, so fantastic stuff, mate. Proud of you. Um, but yeah, me and James, we well, me and Mike will probably be back after the Norwich City game. Unfortunately, Mike Duffy's actually going to the game. Um, on Monday, I, I know he joked on Twitter yesterday saying he hasn't got his tickets yet, and he's he's actually insisting Royal Mail to carry on with their postal strikes, so he doesn't get his tickets. So he actually has a decent excuse not to attend the game. Um, so fingers crossed, your tickets don't arrive, Mike. If not, you can always um, Sky Plus it and watch it um, when you come out of the boozer. Uh, but yeah, stay safe, everyone, and come on, you ones. Sports Social Podcast Network.